As superhero movies are becoming mainstream entertainment at theaters around the world, comic fans also have plenty of heroic action on the small screen to keep them sated while waiting for the next blockbuster. We are in a golden age of superhero television shows, with plenty of offerings from both the Marvel and DC universes, and the trend shows no sign of slowing down. To chronicle these recent shows and even examine some of the classics, we are proud to present Weekly Heroics, a two true freaks guide to heroes on TV. In every podcast, we'll be doing recaps of individual episodes of one Marvel show and one DC show until we catch up to them or some supervillains shut us all down. My name is Scott McGregor, and I'm the fastest podcaster alive. That's what she said. And I'm Chris Tyler, one of your agents of cool. To bring you this podcast, we each have to become someone else. We each have to become something else. Weekly Heroics, the Two True Freaks Guide to Heroes on TV. Uh, once again, uh, co-hosted by me, Scott 2.0, and hair metal hero, Chris Tyler. Yo, take a bow, sir. Uh, doing our, our continuing recap of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for you for season, and uh, this week we're going to deal you out a episode of The Flash. I believe we're on... Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode 9, right? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Let me check. Is this a niner? This is a niner. 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 And episode 5 of uh, our Flash, I think. Let me make sure. Yep. Episode 5. All right. Cool. And we're going to let Mr. Hero start with the uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. tonight. So give it to you us, sir. All right. <clears throat> so hopefully this will be less rambly than my usual ones because I'm going to read directly from it. Summary. Yay, reading. <laughs> All right. Besides, this episode didn't really grab me, so I didn't feel the need to take any notes. <laughs> All right. So the uh, name of episode nine is called Repairs. And uh, the brief overview, Coulson and his team are haunted by a mysterious force that threatens to destroy them all, and only a guarded secret from May's past can save them. Having said that, let's move on into our actual synopsis. A uh, young woman enters a uh, gas station uh, convenience store for groceries, and the owner quickly confronts her about her role in a particle accelerator explosion that killed four. One of the four that was killed was his friend. The woman attempts to leave in peace, though when the attendant blocks her way, cans and shells telekinetically start flying at the guy. He runs out of the shop, looks back, and sees a leaking gas pump with gas running towards a burning newspaper stand, which causes an explosion around the terrified woman. Following the tryst that Ward and May have had at the end of last episode, uh, we learn of the new mission, and uh, they report to the bus. Coulson urges Sky to oversee how they can handle a welcome wagon for those with emerging powers, such as telekinetic, as the telekinetic inquiry question hannah hutchins upon the team's arrival to the crowd uh, to a crowd outside the woman's house 
Agitation quickly sets off Hannah's ability once more, forcing May to sedate the woman before things get out of hand. While Fitz and Simmons investigate the accelerator, they muse that they should prank uh, the freshman, Sky, as they had been subject to in the past, as they missed out on their chance due to graduating three years early. Simmons justifies the possible pranking, saying that being pranked is an integral part of becoming a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent and that it's mandatory, really. Yeah, nothing beats a good traumatic hazing, I mean, to get you into the team spirit. (laughs) Especially at that level of uh, top-secret government agencies. (laughs) Coulson selects May and himself to greet Hannah within the protected interrogation room aboard the bus. Hannah believes herself to have been forsaken by God and haunted by demons, having had no control over any of the telekinetic events, as we see an intangible figure lurking nearby. Elsewhere, Fitz and Simmons prey on Skye's frustration with May by telling her an exaggerated version of the story of how she got the nickname the cavalry about how horses was it which included horses yeah (laughs) about how may once liberated a hundred agents on horseback Uh, sky next takes her issues with may uh, to an uncomfortable ward as a number of small objects around the plane seem to go missing meanwhile fitz takes a break from crafting pranks to retrieve an instrument from the bowels of the plane unaware of the menacing figure approaching around him Sky identifies the man as Tobias Ford, one of the men who died in the explosion. While Simmons sees the particle accel- while Simmons sees that the particle accelerator seems to have tapped into some alien dimension before Ford materializes, smashes the display, and sabotages the plane, which begins losing altitude. May manages to make a smooth landing in a clearing, keeping enough power to the shielding around Hannah's room to keep Ford out before the group realizes that Fitz is nowhere to be found. Ward and Simmons break him out of a closet while Skye does her best to pacify an agitated Hannah from outside the cage. Fitz theorizes that the man might not be a ghost at all, but rather someone stuck between our world and an alien dimension, possibly exacerbated by the recent convergence of Thor the Dark World. Suddenly, Ford appears to both groups, locking Coulson, Sky, and Ward, Fitz, and Simmons on opposite sides of the plane. Coulson urges Sky not to refer to Melinda as the cavalry, telling her the real story that May had once ended a hostage situation with another gifted person and his followers, refusing to admit how she accomplished the task. Regardless, the more spirited May was lost in the exchange, and the agent was never the same again. Ford appears again, demanding access to Hannah, though Simmons realizes that he loses more and more of himself each time he phases in and out. With no other options, May sneaks Hannah out of her cell and into the dark forest outside the plane, looking to fix the problem. Once the groups reunite and share their knowledge of Ford, Skye realizes that he hadn't actually been attacking Hannah, but protecting her as Ford was the one to loosen the particle accelerator's components, uh, locking, uh, looking to spend time with safety inspector Hannah in the first place. Moron. Meanwhile, May leads Hannah into a barn to contr- confront Ford, who follows them and attacks May. Hannah begs him to stop, for which the man finally listens, admitting that he was the one to cause the accident and believing himself in the process of being dragged to hell. May urges him to let Hannah go and accept his fate, rather than cling to the person he used to be, after which the man finally dissipates. The conflict settled, Coulson admits to Skye that her natural empathy with people makes her an ideal candidate for future welcome wagons with gifted individuals, before Skye joins May in the cockpit to keep her company during takeoff. 
the stinger for the episode. Fitz interrupts a game of upwards between Simmons, Ward, Sky, and Coulson in the living area of the bus, demanding to know who pulled the shaving cream prank on him. That's the one where you put the shaving cream on somebody's hand and then put their other hand in water when yeah. they're asleep. Uh, or tickle their face. Sorry, they tickle their face and they put the yeah, shaving cream. the water, I usually did that for a completely different result. The water one makes you pee. That's <laughs> yeah. the one. Um, yeah, you put the shaving cream in one hand, uh, tickle the person on their face. And then, of course, the shaving cream is going to their face where you've been tickling them. Uh, regardless, um, May is eavesdropping on the conversation, and she smirks from the cockpit. And we know it was she who pulled the prank on Fitz. Ha, 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 ha. So maybe the old May really isn't completely She's in there somewhere. Yeah. Um, yeah, this episode is boring. It was a little, yeah. Um, before I forget, it's still right in the front part of my brain pan. I, I wanted to make a little Easter egg noticed that I, when I first watched this episode, it was on my little 17-inch computer screen, and when I rewatched it for this, it was on my beautiful 40-inch TV. Um, and I noticed when they're, like, looking at the little hologram of, like, the, the possible alternate dimension that this guy's caught in, it looked very much like something we're going to see farther down the road in S.H.I.E.L.D. I don't know if you noticed that. but I, caught, I picked up on the reference, too. I don't know if it was intentional at the time. Or yeah, sort of, I think they went back. But, and, uh, but regardless, it works. Yeah. Uh, but we, we're a long ways away from that, so <laughs> we won't spoil. Get that out there on the record so I can take credit for it later. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, a three-year-old show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, kind of a, uh, uh, yeah, another monster of the week um, for S.H.I.E.L.D. But I mean... It was a nice little tie-in to, to Thor 2, I thought, and I know that wasn't... Your yeah, favorite. I mean, it's interesting playing with that. It's just overall, it's like, this is like, does every superhero show have to do this one? The the misplaced monster that's not really trying to be a monster. It's it's just so overdone. Yeah. The, the, the back, the personal stuff with, uh, you know, Sky and Fitz and Simmons and May, like, all that interpersonal stuff is interesting this time because you do get more backstory. Yeah. But the A plot here is just... It's super rote. It's super routine. Yeah, and the effects budget spent everything on, on the ghost guy, apparently, because I remember, the, I think it was the telekinesis scene, the first one there, when, and it like looked like literally someone was throwing the cans at them, you know, from the sidelines. It was just kind of... Got to cut money where you can. It looked like a Corman, you know, joint. Basically, somebody throwing debris at, at the actor. Well, it actually would be him throwing it at the person, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. yeah, it would be, actually, yeah, no. <laughs> I can pick that, but it just, it just looked a little clunky. <laughs> but, yeah, got to got to work with what you got, and then those plane shots aren't cheap of the uh, the bus. Yeah, they should have a plenty of a stock of those at yeah. this point, oh, though, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, nothing special. Sid, Sid moved uh, the myth of the cavalry along. That was kind of nice. And um, yeah, because I mean, it does pay off eventually. Uh, not this season, I don't believe, but. And at mm -hmm. least they did have Thor 2 and then the dimensional battle there to fall back on to explain it. And it wasn't just, oh, all of a sudden we have alternate dimensions. Yeah. So that was a necessary tie-in, if anything. Yeah, I mean, this one, um, if you're doing a rewatch, you could probably skip this one and not lose anything. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so I think the uh, the real cavalry story even ends up being slightly different from, from what Grant said, ultimately. Similar, but different. But It's close. Close. Yeah. Um, it's in this high level of it is vague enough where it, it does still fit into what the actual story is. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. That was fast and easy. Uh, yeah. 
just like me. No. And then not even, you know, this is completely coincidence, but we had a, you know, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode about a particle accelerator explosion. And lo and behold, we're doing a Flash episode for you with uh, yeah. lots of particle accelerator messes going on. Um, so I'm going to jump right to that. My name is Barry Allen, and I am the fastest man alive. Something impossible. My father went to prison for her murder. Then an accident made me the impossible. To the outside world, I'm an ordinary forensic scientist. But secretly, I use my speed to fight crime and find others like me. And one day, I'll find who killed my mother and get justice for my father. I am the Flash. We are episode five, and the uh, title is called Plastique. And we open with the uh, Central City crew enjoying some downtime at the bar. We get a really bad voiceover about friendship and CW Soapy and Barry Pining for Iris and... Sorry. Barry, <laughs> Barry tells more superhero stuff, all right? That, that's how you keep me watching. Barry tells the Star Labs crew that he has a problem, uh, which he demonstrates by doing about 20 shots at super speed. He can't get drunk due to his super fast metabolism, poor bastard. First world superhero problems. Uh, (laughs) Not not world ending, but I'd be pretty pissed. Um, We cut to a security guard on patrol in an office building, strangely like the superhero thing we just talked about, and he surprises a woman uh, who tossed a backpack at him, which soon blows up part of the upper floors. Eddie and Barry get the police alert. (laughs) That's what I'm trying to say. Barry shoots up. Barry makes his first attempt at... See, reading isn't always a good thing. Barry... uh, Fundamental, Scott. Even when I wrote it myself. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Uh, Barry makes his first attempt at running up a building. Cisco does the math for him. Nerd powers! It's dangerous, but he saves a window washer that's in peril. Iris is there and witnesses the whole thing and sees him in person. And Barry does the uh, face vibration thing to hide his identity. I'm sure that makes him popular with the ladies sometimes. (laughs) I know that entered your mind, bro. Uh, At the crime scene, Barry isn't finding any evidence of a conventional bomb. So Barry super reads through some files and finds himself a clue. Back at the precinct, the military and Clancy motherfucking Brown, who claims the bomber is one of ours, shows up. Uh, Mysterious government meddling stuff goes on. Uh, Joe West is not a happy camper that his precinct is being taken over by the army, which is illegal, technically. Barry leans, uh, leans, learns of this, and him and Joe agree that Star Lab should look into it. Joe uh, reams Iris out for being at the bomb site, and he's trying to convince her there is no streak, as she has started a blog about it, which is going to be pretty hard to convince her that now. We find out Professor Wells knows General Eiling, Clancy motherfucking Brown, and says that he used to do mind control reading experiments, mind control mind reading experiments, and that's why they don't work together anymore, because Wells was this pillar of ethics, apparently. (laughs) Detective Sisko finds out the woman is named Beth Sansusi, a uh, demolitions expert for the army. We cut to Beth on the run and Flash confronts her. Oh man, I totally just wanted to bust in there and go, Beth on the run! There you go. Nice. (laughs) We cut to Bet, and she uh, accidentally touches Barry and warns him that he better get out of his clothes real quickly, uh, which soon explodes, and not in any friendly way. Cisco isn't happy that it blew up, dude. 
they figure out that she's a meta human, and Cisco is hilariously angry at the loss of his favorite suit. <laughs> it comes start. with the line of work, man. Yeah, Caitlin's even. You got another one back. That was my favorite. Wine ass. As Joe shows up and explains it's a military cover up, Clancy wants his super soldier. Uh, Joe asks Barry about Iris, and he tells Barry to get her off the trail of the street. She won't budge and admits that she saw him up close. I really hate this part of the show in my notes. Sorry. <laughs> that was in parentheses. I probably wasn't supposed to read it. Uh, <laughs> she's suspicious of Barry's reticence to believe in the street because he was always the one. Hey, my mom was killed by the impossible, but now I don't believe in the impossible. She's like, whatevs. Bet shows up at the office of the doctor that was experimenting on her, and she's out for revenge. Uh, the army shows up locked and loaded with stun bullets, and the flash arrives as it happens. She helps. Uh, he helps her escape, and Barry takes her to Star Labs. She gives us her tale of woe, and we learn her powers were also co- caused by the particle accelerator. Duh. Science-y stuff from Caitlin and Wells. Uh, Cisco has a crush, and it's being awkward. Very awkward and just very just painful sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> the star crew is doing tests. But, I mean, let's be honest. Cisco has a crush on pretty much every female that is even within a thousand yards of him. In this the show. girls on this show are very attractive. They are. Well, in the CW world, there's, you know, everybody's perfect. <laughs> How could you even choose what your perfect woman looked like in this world? I'm glad I live in a world of uglier women. Uh, the Star Crew is... Because they will sleep with me. The Star Crew is doing tests. <laughs> I'm, I'm cutting that fucker out or I'm never getting it again. Uh, <laughs> notation. The Star Crew is doing tests and Caitlin finds a tractor. A tractor? Yeah, I think I'll say it. Tractor sexy. I can't even fucking speak to that. <laughs> this is what happens when Scott doesn't have his herbal medicine before a podcast. I have plenty of Diet Dr. Pepper. I'm good to go. <laughs> Mine's a little harder to find. Can't get it at the corner store yet. Not yet. Yeah, Caitlin finds a tracker in her bullet wound. The Kurgan is on his way. A less than happy reunion between Wells and Clancy results in macho military threats. Uh... Meanwhile, the rest of the team are uh, testing Bet, and Cisco gets to name her Plastique, of course. She shares some more war stories with Barry, and she laments life as an explodey rogue from X-Men and never getting to uh, have touchy time with people. Yeah. Joe calls and tells Barry that the Iris blog situation has escalated, and she signed her name to it, thus putting her in danger. Barry visits her as the Flash Streak and tells her to quit it. She gives us the standard Lois and 78 Superman interview questions, sans the underwear reveal. No unnecessary singing either, thankfully. Uh, She relates Barry's childhood story to Barry, and here's where Barry should have just fucking revealed his identity. One of the many places he should have just revealed his identity to Iris. Too early in the show. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> there are like half a dozen people that already know. And I said, this is the running joke of the Flash show. Back at the lab, we'll see what's on the slab. We find out that the crew can't help her with her powers. And Barry tries to recruit her, but is voted down. Joe touches base with Barry, and he's not happy uh, that he talked to Iris as the streak. Flash, whatever. Barry thinks Iris should know about the Flash. Duh, CW soapy stuff about Joe knowing how Barry feels about Iris. I raised you like her sister, but I know you want to fuck. Um, <laughs> whatever. Uh, back at the lab, soapy stuff about Cisco's crush. A lot of soapy stuff in this. Well, let's put it this way. The IMDb, <laughs> like, 
synopsis summary for this episode is, while trying to get Iris to stop blogging about the Flash, Barry investigates the general, general's connection to the explosive metahuman. And just that kind of tells you the story, that it's going to be Barry and Iris soapy stuff. But I'm not bitter. Because it has Clancy motherfucking Brown in it, and he <laughs> saves everything he's in. No doubt. Wells talks to Plastique, and he gets kind of sinister and kind of talks her into killing Eiling for him. Peck confronts Eiling. Cisco tracks her and very speeds off. Clancy has given us uh, his We Need Super Soldiers speech, and she tries to blow him up and takes out several of his minions. Flash comes and stops her, but of course he distracts her into getting killed. Way to go, Barry. She tries to tell him something about Wells, but she dies and is apparently going to blow up. And so with the help of Cisco... With the help of Cisco Math again, Barry becomes Jesus and runs on the water to get the exploding corpse of Bet away from the city. It's <laughs> a great effect, too. <laughs> Barry outruns the Bet blast handily, and everyone is safe, except poor fucking Bet, of course. Clancy is on the TV feeding people propaganda. Crew isn't happy, and Caitlin points out the uh, Jesus allegory in case we missed it. You know, <laughs> they didn't beat us over the head with it earlier. Barry comes to talk to Iris and basically uh, defriends her because she won't quit her flash-hunting shit. Because she's afraid she'll get hurt by the streak's enemy. She presses him for the real reason, and Barry again doesn't tell her and is just a douche instead. I'm a fan of this episode. Uh, Barry is wishing he could drink his sadness away, and it's just going Caitlin to the rescue with some super lab moonshine that he had his drunk on. Uh, it only works for a second, though, unfortunately. And get on it, Cisco. Craft beer time, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Voiceover from Barry about friendship, love, loss, love. Just fucking shoot me now with a bad cover of Flock of Seagulls in the background. <laughs> Eiling shows up to talk to Wells. Again, Clancy motherfucking Brown comes in and saves us. Eiling shows up to talk to Wells and threatens him, but Wells threatens him right back. And then we get a nice little flashback to Wells standing up and the breakup. And they are talking about someone Eiling had been cruel to. And we learn it is our furry friend, Grod, who Wells goes to visit explosive nerdgasm. Yeah. And uh, said, Grod... Clancy motherfucking Brown, only things that save this episode for me. <laughs> I actually didn't mind it. It's, but it yeah, was it's a lot of the soap opera stuff. It but. was enough. It was some good world building, actually, despite all the other crap. <laughs> Fox? Um, it's uh, it's not the best episode of the season, but, uh, I mean, yeah, the, so- the soap opera stuff gets a little heavy-handed in this one. Uh, but it's nice seeing, uh, you know, Plastique and General Eiling and teasing Grodd. I mean, this that's the thing that the show does even when it's not the best episode. They do continue on with the world building, which yeah. uh, definitely makes it so when you do have one of these kind of clunkery clunkier episodes uh you don't feel like you got chipped out of anything yeah and you know said the kurgan saves us all <laughs> when he shows up uh and if i memory serves he shows up you know in a few other episodes down the road too got a couple hip yeah i think he's kind of a running thread for a while oh yeah um which is always good you're always going to have the it's a it's a good trope to go to the old military wants these powered people for themselves thing you know it, it's an old old story but it works pretty much every time um and it just makes a logical sense and because that's exactly what this world would do you know we found people with powers our military would swoop in on that bitch so fucking fast and try to make them their own oh yeah heads would spin (laughs) absolutely 
I don't know what would you, you you say too early for Iris to know, but I said this was just kind of maddening. Uh, I mean, they're playing with the Silver Age aspect of that. And that I Barry mean, even suggests it. That what, shouldn't we just clear in on this, and she'll not necessarily be more safe, safe, but at least she'd see it coming. You know, that that's just my thought. That I don't know. And, uh, yeah, well, I mean, doing it, holding out for this long, they do get to play with the reveal twice during the season. So, <laughs> I mean, you save it for that impactful moment. And wasn't it even Barry that basically suggested, it's like, well, if you believe in something, you should put your name on it. And so she goes ahead and puts your name on the blog and, and gets yourself in shit. Yeah. yeah, that's the, like you said, that's the soap opera nature of yeah, people acting completely out of character. They, they handle it a lot better down the road, the Barry and Iris stuff. Yes. They, they eventually won me over on it, but this one was just kind of painful for me. Thanks for letting me rant, folks. Um, <laughs> but yeah. I, I don't have any more than that, except, you know, just uh, I said, the last scene made the whole thing worth it anyway. Just to yeah, it's... Yeah, it's it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty meh episode overall, but the world building that it does is good. The A plot in general is meh, who cares? <laughs> it's nice seeing plastique. Um you it know. sucks they killed her off though, man. And How many great stories are you gonna tell with plastique? Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they I mean the only other thing they really maybe could have done is held her out there and put her in with the suicide squad on arrow. Yeah. But that's really the only other place she'd fit. And if it's going to be the catalyst that brings back all the stuff going on with Eiling and Wells, I guess that's how you use her. Yeah, I guess if she had been around and they'd taken her into the uh, the Star Labs team, that you know we would have gotten endless anguish over Cisco. It's like, oh, I can't touch my girlfriend. <laughs> We've seen that done plenty of times. So, yeah, on other networks and stuff, so other movies anyway. Yeah, still still loved it, and and I was still when I was first watching this, I'm still like, wow, they're just. Cheesing the shit out of Grodd, but we're never actually going to really get Grodd, are we? Oh, yeah, we yeah. are. Fucking give us Grodd eventually. <laughs> so, I know, I'm so stoked. Oh, and and the, the most recent uh, Super, which probably everyone will have watched by the time they get to hear this one, but the most recent Superhero Fight Club clip that they've done for the new seasons is... <laughs> spoilers, Grodd, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> like, thank <Great>. goodness. <laughs> Yeah, just when that's what I do love about the Flash show. Just when you think like, all right, they're not going to go that far into Silver Agey stuff. Oh, yeah, okay. No, they they go all in on this show, and yep, it's it's trickled down to the other shows. Not always to awesome effect. I there are times I almost wish that the Arrow universe was slightly separate because you get into the logic problems. Like, why didn't he just call his buddy Barry to come over and kick twenty guys' ass in two seconds for him? You know. Stuff like that, but because it's his city, just yes, indeed, you know, very provincial. Um, even when you got a friend who can run the speed of light, I guess. Well, that's what makes the team <laughs> awesome when they happen. Yeah, you know? yeah. You still have to apply comic book logic to it. Yeah, if it's if it's the character's individual issue, they need to be the focus. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm, I'm okay with it, but it is just a beautiful thing that they actually do all exist in this universe too, and we could, you know envision a day when. Holly Queen and extra shooting arrows at Grodd or something. Yeah, hey, man, with, with the big Fortnite crossover they're going to have coming up for all the shows, uh, who knows what can happen. Oh, it's going to be sweet. Yeah, <laughs> I'm stoked. Stuff. All right, we, we, we did those in record time. I like yeah. That. 
moved right along. Um, yeah, there wasn't but, much to talk about. Huh? Yeah, just straightforward, you know, good times, you know, filler kind of episodes, but also build in some world stuff. And yeah, every season's going to, about a third of their episodes are going to be filler. Yeah, yeah, but as long as they make it, as long as they bring in Clancy motherfucking Brown, that's fine. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> anytime, you know, I love Clancy. He'll work anywhere. And that's just, we're all, we all benefit from that. Yes, <laughs> as we <a> species. <laughs> uh, let's wrap it up then, man. By the way, you can still email us at Weekly Heroes. It's not going to go away. Although I did hear that Yahoo's having trouble, so we may have to switch emails someday. But weeklyheroics at yahoo.com. Still awaiting our, our, our second email ever. Um, Dave Pasquarell, you can write us again if you want. We're okay with that. Um, yeah, right on in. <laughs> you can tell us we're assholes. I don't care. Yeah, sure, because I, I go out of my way to be an asshole at times, and I'd really like it recognized. It's effort. It's Recognize effort. our assholes. That's right. You know, I'm usually a nice guy. It takes effort for me to be an asshole. Okay, not that much. All right, folks. <laughs> well, we'll see you again next week, and we'll be doing, presumably, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode 10. And Arrow episode something around five or six. Something. (laughs) We'll look at my notes and we'll figure that out for you. Or you'll get a repeat. Why not? Oh, that's good. That's a look at how much content we can deliver if we just start doing repeats. Yeah, well, I think we need to get seven seasons and get into syndication first before we start doing that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Chris, thanks again, man. Always a pleasure. Scott. We'll see you guys soon. Later, kids. At last, the gathering. Hi, I'm Candy. Of course you are.